introduction like that, what can I say? <laughs> Except it's good to be here and good to know that you're come to worship the Lord, the King of Kings, this morning. I just count it a privilege to be able to still be able to proclaim the Word of God and share the things that are dear to my heart. As uh, we were singing this morning, we finished off with hallelujah. And uh, I remember about 35 or 40 years ago at our Church of God General Assembly, a man by the name of Brother Moorhead was an executive at the time. And he had the podium. He walked up. There was between 15 and 20,000 people in the auditorium. And for some reason or another, he was unable or couldn't or didn't say hallelujah. And I don't know where his background was, but he always said hallelujah. <laughs> and that night he came to the podium, he lifted up both hands, and he just began to say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And 20,000 people stood to their feet and raised their hands and began to glorify God. And the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit gripped that place. Oh, what a glorious time it was to know and to sense and to feel the power of God. And I believe we're going to do that here this morning. Amen. Well, just a couple of things. Number one. I want to thank all of you who have been praying for me over the last 15 months or so. Some of you are aware that I've had two cancer surgeries and uh, looking to have some radiation in a week or so down the road. But at this point, all is well, and I'm thanking God because he answered prayer. And I just want to thank you. It's amazing. The power of prayer. And it's amazing how big the community of faith is. We were just in Cypress Hills this past week ago. And our grandson-in-law's mother, who I hardly know, came up to me and gave me a hug and said, Jack, we've been praying for you. Our community, our church has been praying for you. You know, God is so good. Amen. Well, coming back to the General Assembly, it just fi finished and uh, Tuesday through Friday night on YouTube, we watched the service. And uh, I was quite impressed because every preacher preached for well over an hour. And I thought, man, isn't that great? And that sort of set the stage for me this morning. <laughs> So if you will bear with me, we will not go quite that long. But first, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I am so grateful for your presence. I'm so grateful for who you are and what you're doing in the lives of men and women. I thank you, Heavenly Father, because your Holy Spirit is still working and moving and accomplishing your purposes Thank you, Lord, for these kids that were saved. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for people who have rededicated and recommitted their lives to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the way that you move in our midst and be with us today, we ask as we open your word, that you might be glorified. For we ask it in your precious name. Amen. Long before we were able to see the mega churches on TV, the historic Church of the Open Door was in downtown Los Angeles. And I understand that if you stood in the pulpit, you could look over the mass auditorium and see the hundreds of people that would gather on the main floor. There was a second balcony and a third, or first and second balcony. And as you stood there and watched and seen all those people that come to hear you speak, you could sort of get the impression, I must be something special. But about the time that your ego began to grow, you would look down at the pulpit and there was a little plaque with these words, Sir, we wish to see Jesus, taken from John 12, 21. And here I'm here this morning to tell you that it's my desire that we would see Jesus. Now, the story behind those words, and most of you probably know it, and it's one of those stories that <laughs> kind of drives my wife crazy because, you know, uh, the devotional that we have, that many of you are using, they, they get telling a story at the beginning of the devotional and then they never finish it. And my wife, we, we will read it and Phyllis will look at me and say, well, what happened? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, here's a situation that's in the Bible that's identical. Because here was a group of Greeks that had come to see Jesus, and they had come to Jerusalem for the Passover. There's several things about the story we don't know. We don't know where they came from. We don't know how many there were. And we don't know the outcome because we find that they came and they came to Philip and asked if they could see Jesus. Philip went to his brother Andrew and the two of them went to Jesus and the end of the story. But I'm here this morning to tell you that the end of the story is not ended because our desire is still we wish to see Jesus. This reminds me of something I read some time ago. It said, Christianity in its purest form is nothing more than seeing Jesus. Christian service in its purest form is nothing more than imitating him who we see. And to see his majesty and to imitate him, that is the sum of Christianity. Thinking of seeing, I don't know how many of you know the story of Bob Eden. Bob Eden was 51 years old. He'd been blind his whole life. His world was a black hall of sound and smell, and he'd felt his way through 
51 years or five decades, and then he could see. A skilled surgeon performed surgery that was a complicated, but as a result, he was able to see, and his testimony was this. I would never have dreamed that yellow would be so yellow. And red is my favorite. And I can't believe the shapes and things that I see. I see the sunrise and the sunset, and they're marvelous. But you know, he isn't the only one that's blind to the things around us. We could be a lifetime beside something and never recognize it or realize it's there. We were driving just the other day and a new building is going up and I think it's over on Broad Street and we said, well, what was there before? We've been driving up and down Broad Street for almost 25 years. Something was there, but what was there? I, I don't know. But you know, the amazing thing is that we can have our eyes opened if we take the effort to do that. How many of us have looked at a thousand rainbows but never really took time to analyze and appreciate one. How many of us have walked by gardens that are beautiful like at Government House and yet have never taken time to look at the delicacy of a beautiful rose? The question I want to pose to you this morning is this. Have you seen Jesus? A person can have all the goodness that he believes is important in life and never see Jesus. He can be moral and upright and even religious and never see Jesus. But I'm here to tell you this morning that when you allow the Holy Spirit to bring new life into your life, into your life and you begin to breathe in the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit into your life, your eyes will be opened and you will see him. Wow. Have you seen him? Peter, in 2 Peter 1.16, said, We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Have you caught a glimpse of his majesty this morning? Something that was maybe said or sung as we were had worshipped this morning? Was there something there that twigged in your heart and you said, Yes, I see him? Maybe it was a verse of scripture that someone shared. Maybe it was a word even to meet and greet. It caused you to realize a fresh look at Jesus. Jesus, the man who spoke with authority and yet loved with childlike humility. Jesus, the God who claimed to be older than time and greater than death. Have you seen him? Those who did have never been the same. Here are the testimonies of those from the Bible after his resurrection. I like it. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. In other words, what Thomas was saying is, a few days ago, I wasn't sure 
They told me you were alive. They told me you were had been resurrected. But now I see you. And I humbly bow and submit my will to you. You're my Lord and my God. When did that happen to you? Have you seen him? Have you seen his power and his glory? After in that first in the first Easter morning, morning, Mary said, I have seen the Lord. John, the close friend of Jesus, said, We have seen his glory. The two men walking to Emmaus that morning said, We were not our hearts burning within us while we talked. And John in the book of Revelation, chapter one, gives us a picture of the glorified Christ that's beyond words, and he fell at his feet and worshipped him. All of these have declared something special, but Peter said it best when he said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. All the splendor of heaven came down in human body form. For a brief period, the th doors of heaven were open and the earth beheld his majesty. Heaven touched earth, and the result is now we can touch heaven. There is no, he's no run-of-the-mill king. You see, when he said majesty, we have seen his majesty, he's talking about the king of kings and lord of lords. He's talking about a king like no other. And this morning, this king, was willing, even though he was divine, even though he created the worlds, was willing to allow a minimum wage soldier to drive spikes in his wrists. Even though he was the king of kings and lord of lords, he, and had all purity, he was willing to defend a repentant prostitute and stand for her rights. He is the King of Kings. It's my prayer this morning that each one of us will see him in his power and his glory. Get a glimpse of the majesty. And when you see him and call upon him, he will forgive you of every sin. And he will empower you to live a victorious life every day. About 115 years ago, Helen Limel wrote a hymn or a song, and the chorus of it has encircled the globe many, many times. She said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't allow the things of the world to dim your vision. Don't allow the values of this present age to darken your sight. Don't let news reports shatter the brightness of his glory. Don't let the forces of evil drown out the voice of the King of Kings. Look higher, look higher, look up, look to the very presence of God. Bob Eden could not appreciate what was around him because he couldn't see. And many times we do not appreciate the fullness of Christ because we've let things dull our vision. But let us declare today that he is the Lord of our life. Christ, Christ's glory and his majesty was seen in those he touched. Peter said we've seen his, his majesty. 
Now, maybe he was thinking about what we find written in Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 33, on the Mount of Transfiguration. It said, Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robes became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. But Peter and those that were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they awoke, they were, when they fully awake, became fully awake, he saw, they saw his glory and the two men who were with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it good for us to be here? Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Quite an amazing story, quite an amazing episode. Here they were. But does it sound familiar? Do you recognize another time when Jesus was praying and the disciples were sleeping in the garden of Gethsemane? I wonder sometimes when Jesus is praying for you and I if we're slumbering. <clears throat> I'm not blaming <coughs> the disciples. I don't know what their schedule was like. I know that there are times when this old body of mine gets weary. But I know one thing, that I want the sense of the Master's hand upon my life, that I might see his glory, that I might see him high and lifted up, that I might see him in his power and his majesty. You see, Jesus is interceding for us right now at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. He's praying for you, and he's praying for me, and he's holding us up in the presence of the Father. But then listen to what happened in verse 34. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one of those days of the things that they had seen. The Shekinah glory of God came down. It wasn't a cloud like you'd find on the top of a mountain. It wasn't a fluffy white cloud, but it was the Shekinah glory of the Heavenly Father engulfed them, rested around them. It said they were afraid, but I don't think it was just fear. I think there was reverence in the fact that they knew that God was there and God spoke to them. God spoke to them as individuals. This is my son. Hear him. Listen to him. Uh, understand that he has a purpose and a plan for each of your lives. Oh, my friend, that was not all that Peter had witnessed. Peter and the disciples, they had also witnessed the majestic king as he fed 2,000 people with a few fish and loaves of bread. They seen his majesty. They seen his majesty. 
when he reached out and healed the blind. They seen his majesty when he touched the lepers. They seen his majesty when he raised Jairus' daughter. They seen his majesty when he stopped the funeral procession and raised the young man. They seen his majesty when he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. My friends, have you seen his majesty this morning? Have you seen the power of his accomplishments? Have you seen him? And then they seen him when he rose from the dead. Oh, what a great message that was. Listen again to the fact that he desires above everything else to have you see him through the power of the Holy Spirit. I've never seen the actual face of Jesus, but I've sensed his overpowering presence through the work of the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he has a work to do. And I want you to read that in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. Jesus was talking to his disciples, men who had been with him for three years, had listened to him for three years. And Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. That's the sole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Christ. For he will take of what is mine and declare to you. And the things that the Father has of mine, therefore I said, he will take of what's mine and declare it unto you. The Holy Spirit made the resurrection of Jesus Christ real in the hearts of every believer that first Easter. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came and empowered 120 people in the upper room, empowered them to declare afresh and anew the resurrection of Jesus. Like the Greeks, can we say, sir, we would see Jesus. Oh, friends, after Pentecost, the majesty of Jesus was still beheld. Do you see Peter and John going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and there was the cripple? They reached out and said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of, the Father, the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he jumped to his feet. Oh, hallelujah, that's the presence. That wasn't, Jesus wasn't standing there in person, but Peter and John were empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they moved as the Holy Spirit moved upon them. My friend, that is not all, but we could go on and talk about the other, and many other th things that took place. Do you remember? Peter couldn't touch everybody. But as he walked the streets of Jerusalem and the fading sun in the evening hours cast his shadow on the people in the ditch and then the sidewalk and the lanes and every one of them was healed. That's the power 
of God's Holy Spirit working through a man that was dedicated and committed because he had seen the majesty of Jesus Christ. Can you go with me to Paul? When he was busy building tents so that he had money to preach and pay for others to preach the gospel, and he couldn't go everywhere that he wanted to do, but he tore up his aprons. And he anointed them with oil, and he sent them out into the communities around about Ephesus. And as those aprons went out and were laid upon the sick and the afflicted, they were healed. My friends, that God that empowered Peter and Paul and all the other apostles is here to empower you this morning. If you've just but seen Jesus, if you've seen his glory and his majesty, He's here. He's here. Many of you know that I, because I've told you this before, when I was about nine years of age, I knelt at a little wooden altar in a prayer room at the back of the Pentecostal church in Kelvington, Saskatchewan. I, I don't, didn't know then everything that happened. But I do know that my guilt-ridden soul was cleansed as the power of the Holy Spirit came down and washed my sins away. And I became alive and afresh and anew in the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen, not physically, but in my spirit, I've seen the one who loved me, the one who cared for me, the one who said, I'll keep you if you'll but follow me. When I was about 16 years of age, <clears throat> I was at the POC Bible camp in Watrous, and I was down at the altar praying one night, and I don't even remember his first name, but Brother Fox from Rose Valley was a farmer. And Brother Fox, I thought he was old. He probably was 40, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but I was there, and I was seeking the infilling to have my Pentecost. And Brother Fox, he had his hand on my shoulder. And he said, Jack, dig deeper. Dig deeper, dig deeper. God has something for you. Just keep digging deeper. And all of a sudden, the enveloping presence of God's Holy Spirit filled me and caused me to realize beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had a purpose for my life. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's alive. He's well, and he's still working today if we will just but give him opportunities. I wish I had time to testify of all the times that I've seen his power and his glory. I wish I could tell you the times when I've seen alcoholics fall absolutely soused into the altar and rise up cold sober. Oh, hallelujah, they've seen Jesus. They seen Jesus. I'd like to tell you about the little girl. Well, she wasn't that little. She was 16 that we prayed for. 
I didn't even know what her needs were, but her family brought her up. I was in revival. We prayed for her, and I sensed the power of God. The next night, they were family was back again, and the father said, can I testify? He said, we took our daughter into London yesterday to have surgery. She was born, and all of her organs were on the wrong side, twisted and tangled. They doctors didn't even know how she'd lived till she was 16. He said, we took her into the hospital in London, and they were going to do about a 10-hour surgery. And before they did, he said, I asked the doctor, would you take one more x-ray? And he said, they took an x-ray, and everything was where it should be. Oh, my friends, God is still a healing God. In that same revival, the pastor had a handicapped son. He was about 15, 16 tall string bean kid he couldn't talk most he could do they had a tricycle out in the backyard a big tricycle and he just hour after hour he pedaled in circles little Johnny couldn't talk one night in that meeting the song service was dead as last year's bird's nest the testimonies were pathetic. The pastor was trying to get somebody to get excited, and nothing happened. And I was sitting there waiting to preach, and I was as dry as the rest of them. And all of a sudden, little Johnny stood up. He couldn't talk. But he just raised his hands up like this and began to shake it in the presence of God. And the power of God's Holy Spirit enveloped that place. The altars were filled and God moved and souls were saved and lives were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God allowed his presence to encompass his people. And I'm here this morning to tell you that God wants to fill you afresh and anew with his power and his might. He wants to give you what he, he came to accomplish in the world, that you might declare the goodness of God. Oh, my friends, this morning, I just am so overwhelmed by the presence of the king. For we are his witnesses of his majesty. But while on earth Jesus was the face of God, looking into the hearts of men, he was the voice of God speaking hope and comfort. He was the hand of God lifting up. He was the heart of God touching the fallen. He was the very person of God in the shape of human humanity, willing to pay the price for our redemption. Yes, we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. As you have understood, there's, we're pastor-free this morning. Two pastors are on vacation. Pastor Phil is teaching a Sunday school class, and they've left me to do what I want. <laughs> Isn't that scary? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Because I believe that God wants to do something very special here this morning. 
My prayer is the chorus we used to sing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. If you're here this morning and you've never seen the face of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your heart and you want to find him, I'm going to ask the congregation to stand. Would you do that for me? And if you're here this morning, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm just going to ask you to slip out and come up forward. Speak to one of these at the prayer altar. And they will lead you to Christ. Your eyes will be open and you'll see his glory. If you're here this morning and you need healing for your body, I invite you to come. There's just two here, but others will join if there's more than, than that. Brother Harder's here, I'm here. And there's others that are here, Brother Murray. If you've got a need this morning, step out and come while they sing. If you want healing, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit to encompass you, come. If you want your fresh Pentecost, come. If you want to be have victory, come. As the worship saints lead us right now. Open the eyes of my heart, I 
Amen. 